Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, email rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com or the backup email tstradio at protonmail.com. You can find The Secret Teachings, of course, on Twitter and Facebook, our only two social media sites, and on the internet by searching www.thesecretteachings.info, not .com, not .net, not .org, it's .info. And on the website, you'll find our free show archive, you'll find my books, you'll find links to a lot of things. The website will be changing soon as we transition part of the subscription archive over to Aftermath Media. All new subscribers to The Secret Teachings should go to aftermath.media to check out the subscription options over there. If you're already a subscriber to the ad-free archive and all the books and montages, you can keep your subscription so you don't need to worry about canceling it. You can also renew it if you'd like. And when you do those kinds of things, you support us, you keep us on air, and you allow us to do what we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday here on Ground Zero dot radio and of course everywhere else you can listen to the show apple podcasts etc 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 our contact in the desert fundraiser has gone so well that we have pretty much reached the mark there's a few more days maybe another week i'll leave it open i want to thank all of you who did donate to send us to that conference once again now that it's back in person i really really appreciate that again if you have any questions comments concerns about that or anything the email once more is rdgable at yahoo.com. It's been a while since we've spent time with uh, authors and researchers and scientists and people from all over the world and all over the internet. We haven't done a lot of interviews in the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months. We've been focused on a number of other things that uh, I specialize in here on the show. And tonight we're going to change that a little bit. In fact, this whole week, We have a lot of really great interviews this week and into next week. This might be the first week in a while we actually have an interview like every single night. Uh, We're going to have, working backwards, next week we're going to have Laura Lavender on. We're going to have Don Lester on. David Parker might also come on with her. We've got Brad Olson again this week because of the Sedona Conference coming up this weekend. We had Suzanne Ross from that on last week. Uh, We've got Leo Zagami again. Our good friend Leo is going to uh, be coming on the show this week or maybe early next week. He's also going to be at contact this year. If you're going to be there, uh, Leo should be there. He should pop in because he lives in that area. Uh, We're also going to have, who else do we have? We have a bunch of people lined up for this week. We also have the guys from Nexus Occult Bookstore. We're going to do a two-part show series with them. And last but not least, if you forgot or you didn't listen to it already, the two-part series we did last week with Michael Strange and Derek Murphy is in the archive on the website, and if you are a subscriber, I've also uploaded a four-hour version of that show, so I just merged the show files together so you can download one large file instead of having two individual files. So a lot of really fun stuff on the show this week and uh, stuff that will take us from the mundane to the spiritual or the divine, if you will. Uh, choose uh, Choose to call it what you will. Tonight, though, on the show, someone we've not had on the show before, His name is Michael Jaco. He's the author of a couple of books. The book he published in 2010, The Intuitive Warrior. 
And as a matter of fact, my good friend, Brad Olson, who's been a friend of the show for, I don't know, maybe close to a decade now, uh, he helped to set this interview up pretty quickly. So I didn't get a chance to read the book, but uh, we have Michael Jaco with us tonight on the show, The Intuitive Warrior. And Michael Jaco is with us right now. Michael, welcome to The Secret Teachings. How are you doing? Doing good, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. And uh, you're, I know that you're, co- you're uh, contacting us from Florida, my home state, not too far from where I grew up. And I, I know it's pretty nice down there right now, probably. Yeah, it's, it's sunny, beautiful. It's, uh, you know, the birds are out. The dolphins are, you know, playing around out in the bay here. So it's beautiful. Sounds, sounds excellent. It's been snowing a lot here in Arizona, and I'm not, I'm not really happy about that. But uh, t- tell me about yourself. For anybody, <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know who Michael Jaco is, because I don't have a tremendous amount of information on you. Usually I don't interview somebody until I've read their book, but this interview, as I said, came about quickly. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, take your time, and then we'll get into the specifics, the details, the book, et cetera. Excellent. Thanks. So I, I came in the Navy uh, in the late 70s, 78. Uh, October 78, I, I went in uh, to become a Navy SEAL. I dreamed about being a Navy SEAL since I was five years old when I saw the movie uh, The Frogmen. And, you know, finally started to uh, realize that dream. I, I went into uh, hard hat diving first. I felt it was it would be great to prepare myself for the diving aspect and maybe get a little bit of an edge. So I was in the hard hat diving community for a couple of years, and then I transitioned into uh, bus training, went through, and uh, went into the SEAL teams. I was in the SEAL teams for 24 years. Uh, at one point, I was at SEAL Team 6 uh, for several years when we did the Panama invasion, so combat action there. Uh, I came back to uh, BUDS as a, as a senior enlisted uh, BUDS instructor and ran the first phase of training uh, and got to see a little bit deeper in, insight into the mind of, uh, you know, what it takes to achieve those impossible things. You know, when I went through, and many of us go through uh, training, we just think we're, just have, we just have it, you know, it's kind of like an egoic type thing. Uh, but as you go back, you start to see that, you know, anyone can make it through. It just depends on what they have within, within them. I would, I would look at the guys who were like studs and I was like, Oh, this guy's going to crush it. And they'd be the first to, to ring out. And the guy I thought was like, he'd be the first to quit was the guy that made it all the way through and became a great uh, seal in the teams. So uh, I started to see that kind of mindset. And during that time too, I started to, uh, teach uh, hand-to-hand training and sort of the Navy SEALs first hand-to-hand course. There have been a lot of people that I taught hand-to-hand over the years, all the way back to Vietnam, but there was no uh, course uh, per se that, you know, all the SEAL, SEAL members could use. So I, I developed that, uh, brought in the, the top guys, and during that time frame, it started to expand me into uh, areas of consciousness uh, because I was able to uh, kind of transition uh, in my fighting skills kind of like that stuff you see in, in the movies where people are flying around the room. I wasn't quite there, but pretty, pretty close. Uh, and then eventually uh, I started to transition into Native American uh, uh, spirituality. So I did uh, a lot of stuff with them and learned how to be a tracker. Uh, and, and initially it was for the, the idea that I was going to use it in the SEAL team and teach others how to, how to do tracking, uh, different survival skills, uh, you know, more of camouflage techniques and so forth. So uh, that's that's pretty much what I did for uh, uh, several years in the last part of my career. And then when I got out, I, I went a little bit deeper and started doing uh, Vision Quest uh, four-day events where you basically fast for four days, uh, did sweat lodges, 
and really got deep into that, that Native American spirituality. I, that's when I learned how to do uh, remote viewing. So the Native, it's a Native American skill. Uh, I learned it. I got really good at it uh, right away. And then I started doing contracting for uh, Blackwater uh, Security. I knew a lot of the guys there at Blackwater. I put Eric Prince, who's the head of Blackwater at the time, uh, through training. So really, really excelled there. Uh, did a lot of a lot of um, overseas trips to Iraq at the time when there was a lot of violence. Uh, so that's when I started to utilize my remote viewing skills. Uh, I would remote view if we were going out uh, to do a run uh, to pick up people or to transport personnel or whatever. I would do a remote view and I would look and see if the road was clear. And oftentimes I would call it, uh, you know, we got we to gotta wait, uh, then there'd be a big explosion. And because I saw, you know, there was something up up the road, uh, so I kept developing that over that through that combat action. Definitely saved my life. Definitely saved a lot of people's lives. And eventually, I got it to the point where I was remote viewing uh, into the future, like up to a week at a time, uh, and basically pinpointing the times when attacks were coming, uh, where they would where they would take place, uh, who was involved, and and so forth, and uh, and then. It really took off. It went even deeper. Uh, I was actually able to start to remote influence some of these attacks so that they wouldn't actually happen. So I do what I call the bubble of love, and I would bubble up a certain area, and there would be no attacks in that area. Then I would leave that area, go to another area, like this was the time frame where Pakistan was getting uh, a lot of attacks. I was there. Uh, This is when I transitioned and started work directly for the CIA, uh, protecting uh, people as they gathered information to track down uh, terrorists. So, um, that, that, that transition basically helped me to take it to another level. So I would, I would go from one city, uh, for instance, I was in Lahore, Pakistan. Uh, there were no attacks while I was there, even though there had been a couple of attacks just before. And that's when I started doing the bubble. I was like, maybe this is working because I got that. This is what you're going to do. So, uh, it's not, when I do these things, it's not me, uh, my ego, Michael, Michael Jacob, that does this, I channel uh, these abilities, you know, through source, through God. Uh, a lot of people want to, uh, you know, say it comes from different sources. That's that's my interpretation, uh, that it comes through God's source, and I, I feel I'm attached to that, and I get insights and so forth on that. So we go to, uh, like from Lahore, I went to uh, Peshawar. Uh, they'd had, like, uh, daily attacks in Peshawar before I, would show, before I showed up on this one trip. And when I arrived from that point on, for the next three weeks I was there, there were no attacks. Now back in Lahore, they started getting the most vicious attacks they'd ever gotten. Uh, so then I left Pakistan, uh, or Peshawar and went back to Lahore. As I'm traveling uh, in between the cities, both cities got hit. Uh, when I got to Lahore, I put that bubble up again, and there were no more attacks uh, for the rest of the time I was there. While back in, back in Peshawar, unfortunately, they started getting attacked. So I was like, okay this is kind of like a transitional time where I'm learning to use these skills um, and, and developing them, uh, perfecting them, believing in them. You know, because in, the, in the first phase of this, when you get, when these abilities start to kind of creep in spontaneously, you're like, what is this? This doesn't fit the normal reality that I've been trained in and the normal reality of human consciousness. But then you start to accept it and you start to, I'm really doing this and you develop it. I develop to a great extent. Kind of like working a muscle, 
uh, you know, I've done bodybuilding contests. You work, you develop your uh, musculature a certain way. You diet a certain way. You pose a certain way. And, you know, you win contests. Uh, it's the same way with uh, these spiritual skills. You develop them over a period of time. As they come in, more come in. As you develop uh, one particular skill, like I talked about the remote viewing, then the remote influencing came in, like I'm talking about now. And then it just transitioned into other aspects. I started to know when earthquakes were coming. And I started to know when tidal waves were coming, tsunamis. And I started to influence them as well. So this, this is the, the gift that, you know, uh, these higher intelligence uh, realms offer us, uh, the telepathy, the, uh, you know, seeing into the future and all these other aspects of uh, an advancing intellect uh, and advancing uh, consciousness uh, to be able to uh, develop these, pull these, pull these skills in and develop them. So I have a couple of questions uh, to clarify some things. Mm-hmm. So the remote viewing, we've actually talked to Courtney Brown and a bunch of other people. We were, uh, we used to have Jim Mars on the show to talk about remote viewing when he was alive before he passed away. When you say that you're doing remote viewing and you correct me if I'm wrong, you got this ability or you learn this, this skill. Cause I think anybody can learn it uh, more so from mm-hmm. the, the native American experience, not so much from the military, you know, even though the military has a background in, in this kind of uh, let's call it sci spy operation. You learn this though, outside of the military. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. And uh, I, I believe that that has given me a lot of freedom uh, in that area because there's, there's, a lot of control uh, systems that are developed into the military CIA aspects of this, uh, these abilities. Uh, they want to control that information. They don't want people to get outside the box. So I, because I was never in that box, I, I was able to see and do things that uh, will probably wouldn't have been approved of. So that's, that's the beauty of you know, having learned uh, these skills from, uh, I think, a very clean, pure source. Did you have any idea of what remote viewing was while you were in the military before you started to take up more Native American uh, traditionalist, spiritualist beliefs and, and, and views and things like that? Do you have an idea of what it was before? Yeah, we, we had, um, when, I, when, I, when I came in, we still had uh, Vietnam veterans that were still in the SEAL teams. Uh, and I had the opportunity to work with several of them uh, in my early days. And they had they had seemed to have these incredible abilities, and we always talked about it. how do these guys get this? And they they didn't understand it; uh, they just had it. They could hear things where most of them couldn't hear. Hear you sneak up on them, you know. <laughs> they 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 just had horrible hearing, like most of us do when we're blowing stuff up and diving and shooting and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I remember uh, on one uh, trip that we were doing up into the mountains uh, outside of uh, up in the outside of San Diego, uh, we're supposed to be getting uh, a, a cash. We're supposed to hit a cache point or resupply and they hadn't shown up. And so we're waiting at this cache point and, uh, it's late at night, probably like two in the morning and stars are out. It's beautiful. And I fell asleep. Uh, and then this, this one Vietnam veteran, uh, I call him Roy basically sat up and goes, I hear a vehicle. And I remember sitting up for like, it seemed like several minutes and I was like, ah, so I just gave up. I laid back down. It's like, this guy can't hear anything. What he didn't hear anything, you know? And then right around the corner, right when I gave up, uh, a vehicle comes right around the corner. So, uh, we, 
these guys knew when, like, you know, uh, there'd be a, we do training with ambushes and so forth. They knew where their ambushes were. And, and then the, the training sales staff was like, just please just walk through it. We know you guys you know, have some kind of superpower, but you know, go ahead and do it. So a lot of us started to look at that. It's like, how did these guys develop that? So it was always in, you know, the background, you know, people around me had these like incredible skills, uh, these extrasensory skills. I just thought they, you know, which is probably true. They, had, they developed them in combat. Uh, to a that, super, that's, super, that, well, that's what I, I wanted to ask you that because, you know, I've not, I've not been in the military and I've not, certainly never been in combat. Uh, but any kind of trauma in life can induce a, a sense of uh, nervousness and anxiety outside of the trauma, even when you're in a safe place. I imagine being in the military uh, can be traumatizing, can be uh, nerve and anxiety inducing. And when you couple that with basic human intuition, the desire and the drive to survive and to live and to help the others around you, uh, I imagine that's a core of a military experience, especially when you're in combat. And that, I would imagine, leads to being able to tap into these other abilities. That's, that's excellent, Ryan. That's, um, that's a very good breakdown of how it develops, I believe, in a lot of people. Uh, that A lot of people get that gut feeling where they get that tension in the gut. And as you know, we have the studies now where they're saying there's almost as many neurons around in the gut that there are in the brain. Uh, so yes, yes. it's like the second, they call it the second brain. So it basically is picking up stuff that we're not consciously aware of. Uh, so I think that, and then when, what I would do is when I would get that, that tension, I was like, okay, something's coming. I need to like go internal and I go into a meditative state and I get visions of what, what was coming. So what was nice about, you know, my development in these areas, it wasn't through a sense of fear or anxiety, like, you know, like you were describing, it kind of, it kind of presses uh, the intuitive state to the forefront. And most people don't want to, you know, talk about it or accept it or anything like that, but they get it and they're like, okay, I, I can, this is keeping me alive. I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll just listen to it when it comes through. For me, it was like a very, uh, very relaxed, very smooth, uh, no fear, really in the, in the state, the state of consciousness that I actually taught people how to fight was in that love was in a love state of consciousness, uh, believe it or not. So, uh, so that fighting skill, uh, being in that love vibration and be able to move and, and uh, on a different level, like I talked about earlier, I taught people how to do that. And then it kind of rolled into this remote viewing aspect uh, that I learned from the Native American skills. And, and they're all about, you know, Mother Earth, uh, you know, and Father Sky and all the, you know, the seventh generation not yet born of the children. So you're always doing everything uh, in regards to uh, the unborn seventh generation. You want to make the world a better place uh, than you're going to leave than you came in. So that's kind of what uh, that type of mentality is the way I approach my uh, intuitive aspects and how they've been developed over time. We've got about four minutes until the first break here, Michael. Michael Jacob is with us. He's our guest this evening, author of The Intuitive Warrior. You can find that pretty much all over the place, bookstores, all over the Internet. Uh, I wanted to ask you before we go to break, when you say Native American, is there a particular tribe or is it a, a couple of different tribes you worked with? Uh, can you give us some overview of that quick? I, I work with uh, an Iroquois Indian, but it's, it's pretty much, you know, uh, I think Lakota. The Lakota is, is really big in the sweat lines. A lot of the stuff that I learned was Lakota-based. Uh, they're, they're very spiritual. Um, 
So that kind of rolled into past lifetimes as, as Indians and so forth. Uh, as, as I started to reveal, reveal that within myself, you know, learning that, that really opened up a lot of, a lot of doors as well. It's like, okay, that's why I'm able to do this type of, uh, this remote viewing and influencing because I'd learned it in many lifetimes. And once you make those connections, uh, then it, it, it strengthens it and it brings that information forward a lot faster. And it's like before I was like, just hit or miss. And it's like, Oh, I, I got it again. It's like, what, what do I do? How do I do this? And then you, you eventually develop the, the mind, uh, the intuitive mind and the, uh, the, the calmness and the smoothness to allow that to happen, not just in combat situations, but also in every aspect of your life. And that's what I, you know, am about teaching and sharing with people. Uh, it's, it's very powerful uh, to start to tap into those levels of consciousness. So when you're talking about consciousness or the spirit, it, you know, it has that immaterial, almost etheric feel to it. And I wonder, just a thought, I wonder if in the Native American tradition, in fact, I went camping uh, on a Native American uh, campsite about uh, eight months ago, almost a year ago. And uh, that evening we were laying down in the car, my fiance and I, we were looking out the back window. And we just saw these lights flying around. And I thought, oh, my God, I haven't actually seen an unidentified flying object forever. So I'm watching these lights. And the next day, the guy that owns the property, he comes out, Native American gentleman, uh, Navajo. And I said, do, do people ever see anything weird around here? And he said, oh, yes, we see lights over there. I've seen them since I was a kid. <clears throat> I was living here. I said, what do you think they are? And he said, uh, honestly, I think they're, they're probably our ancestors that are watching over us. And I wonder if that immaterial spiritual tradition, even though a lot of Native Americans don't have that. But when you study that, when you tap into that, it's not just Native Americans either. Um, maybe that leads to almost the spirit sense or the spirit self in a sense, disconnecting or from the material. And as it transitions after death, uh, it does stay around. Like you've put more effort into developing the spirit more so than the material physical body, although, you know, they, they, they need to go together. Uh, and that leads to a lot of traditions of native Americans, you know, where they're able to almost tap into these other realms and other dimensions where they're able to see and interact directly with spirits. And they don't even necessarily need to, you know, have peyote or ayahuasca. It's something that you can interact with from a state of mind, a state of awareness and consciousness. You have any quick thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that's, absolute, uh, that's absolutely the truth. And um, Native Americans, uh, once you get to know them a little bit better, they'll tell you that they're, they're descendant, descendants from the Space Brothers. Uh, and that's, that's very powerful once uh, you, you hear that. It's like, wow, that's true. So, yeah, the, um, the, like you talked about the um, peyote and so forth, I've never done any uh, psychedelics like that. Uh, basically, mine was all about meditating, uh, going to a very, very relaxed uh, state of mind, tapping into the brainwave states like the uh, theta and delta, and getting this information once you uh, transition your brain state deeper into those levels of consciousness. Michael Jaco is our guest this evening. I want to talk a little bit more about what you just said when we come back from break. The Intuitive Warrior is the book. Uh, it came out in 2010. Where can listeners find that? Uh, they can find it on Amazon. I also have a uh, website, uh, michaelkjaco.com. You can find all of my uh, courses and, and all the work that I have there. And Jaco is J-A-C-O, correct? That's correct. Thank you. Michael Jaco, The Intuitive Warrior. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There'll be more with Michael Jaco when we come back from break. We've got him for another hour tonight on the show. The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. The archive is on our website. And of course, you can subscribe or buy a book on our website to support the show. More after this. Don't go anywhere. 
From para-history and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium options. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. I hope you find it enlightening. Michael Jaco is our guest this evening on The Secret Teachings. He is the author of The Intuitive Warrior. You can find that book pretty much anywhere books are sold. Before the break, we were discussing... Breaking off from the remote viewing into the Native American traditions, and not just Native American traditions, but I would say ancient cultural traditions from all over the world as well. The idea of taking peyote or ayahuasca, not that these things are dangerous or impure per se, but Michael, you said that you did not do any of those types of things in the process of fine-tuning your intuitive abilities and I'm wondering if you could speak to the difference between and, and, and from what you know, not necessarily from what you've experienced, because you learned um, remote viewing outside of the military. But what is the big difference other than that aspect of maybe, you know, love and purity, those concepts? What is the big difference between, let's say, the Native American traditions that you learned and trained in and the military traditions of remote viewing going back to, say, Project Grill Flame? Well, what's the main difference there? So the main difference is with the, uh, the military, <clears throat> the military of course is very disciplined and wants to control things. Uh, doesn't want anything to get outside of this little box. Uh, that's what I loved about the being in the SEAL teams. We were able to get outside that box and think creatively and, and do the impossible where it's not normally, uh, acceptable or, you know, approved of during in the regular military. So that kind of opened me up as well, but that, that thinking outside the box, uh, is what they want to control. Uh, and so 
for a long time, the special forces were really pressed upon by the regular military. And then it became obvious that this is, these are the groups that are really uh, making a difference. And so we got more funding, we got more uh, people going through training and so forth. And, you know, that, that led to, uh, as now, the special forces are, are prominent often in uh, military action before the regular military is. So being in that type of uh, frame of mind, uh, I started going into the Native American skills like we talked about. Now, the Native American skills, as we know, uh, the Native American cultures, unfortunately, were extremely suppressed uh, by the U.S. military uh, throughout the country. Uh, they, they came up to the reservations and, you know, uh, basically raped, pillaged, and plundered. Uh, drove a lot of the Native, Native Americans uh, into Canada and so forth. Dakota was like that. Uh, <clears throat> the reason why they wanted, and I, I always thought that was, oh, uh, that's all in the past. Uh, but I helped out one time in a, a Sundance ceremony. I helped them fell a cedar tree that they were going to use in the center uh, of their, their Sundance ceremony at site. And while we're doing that, uh, black helicopters were flying all around. And uh, we saw black sedans that, that showed up in the, the entryway. And I was like, wow, that's, that's unbelievable. Even to this day, they're very concerned that these, these really, they seem like very simple, pe- simple people, you know? Uh, but they have spiritual abilities that are really advanced. So they want to, they want to compress, they want to compress and control that and make sure it doesn't get out of line. So suppress and control it and then weaponize it too. Yes. So they took that information. Exactly. They took the uh, remote viewing skills and they, they wanted to weaponize it. Uh, and I actually was involved in, um, well, I, w- I was never involved, but I was approached by the CIA to go into a program and fortunately, it never materialized. Uh, I did a lie detector test with them one time, and uh, I think they saw that I was not—I was not going to be controlled. So uh, that's that's one of the things that they want. They want to be able to control all this information, and like you said, weaponize it. Have people do things with it. And I've actually been uh, attacked by uh, remote influencers and looked at by remote viewers. I, I can tell that. I can sense that. Uh, that are that are from the agency now uh, that have been revealing a lot of this information. So the Native American skills are uh, they're very uh, concerned that the average person would develop these skills. Uh, when when my book came out, I was I was very concerned that I would get pushback, and sure enough, it, there was a lot of pushback. Amazon uh, shut me down a little bit. Uh, a book company that uh, was push was promoting helping me promote my book. Uh, they went under. Uh, they took all, all my profits with them. Uh, so there's a lots of different things that, you know, happen with people that, you know, try and get this information out there. It's very, it's very tragic because like we've been talking about, everyone has access to this information, but they want to keep it suppressed. Uh, so the Native Americans are very, very close hold with that information. Uh, there's, there's things that I'm sure that they're aware of that they never told me. And that's probably good because, you know, I don't want to accidentally reveal some of their their more secret information because we might get in more trouble. That's so that's the, uh, yeah, that, that's the same thing that happens. in if you take karate or judo or anything like that, uh, most of the quote unquote masters who teach you, they won't they will not teach you more of the well the lethal aspects of it. Uh, very 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 few people, even if you've successfully completed the class, very few people learn the inner workings of it because you have to be of a certain let's say uh, mental. Uh, 
mindset or something to that effect in order to learn those uh, more dangerous things. It's, it's also kind of like, you know, what happens in China to this day, the Fulong Gong practitioners. I'm not sure if you're aware of them. All they do is go, oh, yeah. they go meditate, uh, go pray. Uh, they maybe go dance or chant or sing and they get arrested. They get put in white vans. They have their organs harvested. It's, I mean, it's, it goes back to what Joseph Stalin said. Joseph Stalin said that basically God is dead and that the state must uh, usurp the power and authority of God. There, can, there can't be religion or spiritual practices because if there is, then if there are, uh, then that means that there's something beyond the physical, there's something beyond the state, and there can't be anything beyond the state. So that happens China, Russia, the United States, all over the world. And then, of course, these same governments then want to weaponize those spiritual powers. And we have a long documented history of that in, uh, in our military, the weaponizing of psychic abilities or spiritual things that some of us are just interested in reading in books about, but our military has dabbled and experimented with them for that reason to weaponize them. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a good point. The, uh, the movie men who stare at goats was a, the ending of it where they tried to weaponize, you know, their consciousness. Uh, and the one guy was able to, you know, kill a goat, uh, with his conscience. It's kind of like the remote influencing that I was talking about. You know, you, you never use these, these skills for a negative purpose like that. Uh, you know, I don't go spy on people. I don't uh, do anything negative with it because I've learned that if you do that, and what we saw happen with him is he lost some of his skills. He, those skills were retracted because if you're using uh, a good energy for negative, then the, 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 the good energy. Yeah. There's a repercussion, stop. repercussion to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a karmic uh, a thing that happens. Uh, and we see that with the people that are evil. They, they tell us that, what they're going to do. They slip it out in movies and uh, they, they make it in a broadcast or something. No one, no one objects or says anything. And then they get the green light to go ahead and do those things. So that's, that's kind of what we're seeing right now with a, with a train wreck that happened in Palestine. Uh, they had had a movie about that, you know, uh, like a year before. Uh, so they, they telegraph what they're going to do. They have no pushback. So they don't have in their mind, they don't have karmic repercussions. That's not true because things are changing now. They will have karmic repercussions and are having karmic repercussions now. Yeah, sometimes I wonder, I did a whole show on that. I actually did a couple of shows where I talked about what exactly is that? Is that predictive programming? Is it perhaps the intention to create these events and they then they manifest? They're not necessarily planned. There's something strange there. I mean, and I, I actually did a show where I talked about like half a dozen movies that seem to actually come true in real life, like White Noise back in August of 2022, what you just mentioned, yes, and then they actually filmed part of it in East Palestine. Some of the residents that are now suffering from the train wreck and the, the man-made chemical cloud, uh, they were actually in the movie. I, I mean, that just sounds way too specific to be coincidental, and if it's not planned, perhaps it's some form of almost like magical ritual, if you will, to invoke and to conjure that thing to actually happen in real life. And when we pay attention with our energy, with our focus, we pay attention like with money, currency, money, currency, energy uh, to these kinds of things on Netflix. We go to the movies. I think it charges those ideas and maybe the public brings them to life. These are just things that I I toss around on the show. Uh, really, It's really weird, though. At the very least, you have to acknowledge that, that is, that's not coincidental. There's something more if not planned, at least, uh, organized about that. Yeah, Ryan, you're, you're definitely, kick, uh, you know, reaching into some areas that, you know, although not the mainstream w- would recognize most of us that are, you know, starting to awaken to these, uh, these ideas, 
identify with that right away. So you're you're definitely hitting on the on the right uh, keys right there. So it's making it making some nice vibrations out there. So you want to continue that, uh, and that's what I do uh, in my shows and so forth, where I, I talk about this information. Uh, I see the information, I intuit it, I look into the future, and I see things coming. And I talk about this is what I see coming. This, these are the things that, if we're aware of them, we can prevent them from happening. And that's that's one of the, the things. Or we won't uh, we won't uh, have you know violence or problematic uh, repercussions from it happening. So that's that's one of the things that you know I'm trying to uh, you know reveal and teach people how to do the same thing, how to tap into this, uh, how to look at stuff and go, no, that's complete. Uh, you know, BS what they're putting out right now. Uh, I'm not going to pay attention to that. We're seeing it right now. It looks like the, the markets are uh, getting ready to crash today because the banks are failing. And they're like, everything's fine. You know, uh, the, the economy's good. Don't, the inflation's transitory. Uh, so they're basically, you know, spellcasting, uh, like you're talking about. They're spellcasting into the consciousness and kind of keeping people, uh, unfortunately, dumbed down. Uh, and then they can bring in these, these uh, control systems that basically move things around. So that's, that's the great uh, thing that we can do uh, as far as like, you know, helping people stay centered, helping them stay in the, these higher levels of consciousness because they want us in fear. They want us in uh, these lower levels of anger and so forth. Prideful of, you know, your school, prideful of your country. These are literally lower levels of consciousness. And uh, the, moment you cross that one dividing line and you start to think about these things, that's when you, you break free from the systems. So that's not, that's not something you want us to do. They want us to be very controlled, very uh, systematic. I remember one of my buddies went to a uh, very prestigious Ivy league college. Uh, and he was, he was, you know, old, older and he was late twenties, maybe early thirties. And all, everybody in the college was like, they're all fearful. They're all worried about grades and so forth. So we, we taught them how to have that kind of mentality, that mindset, that whatever comes, I'm going to deal with it. Uh, and they started to transition to better grades and all kinds of crazy stuff. But that's what they wanted. To, they wanted to be in that fear. Uh, and that's where they can control it. So being able to be smooth, uh, very um, relaxed. Uh, meditative almost. I, I feel like my life is a movement meditation now. Uh, I've meditated so much that, uh, you know, I know that if I get out of that state of consciousness, I'm, I'm vulnerable. So even when things are extreme, like I've been in combat situations many, many, many times, and uh, I was I was the guy that everybody looked at because I was very smooth, very meditative, and uh, I made the right decisions and, you know, got people out of uh, really hairy situations where really everyone probably would have died otherwise. So it really makes a difference in while most people aren't going to be in combat, it's uh, some things in our life are going to feel like that, you know, and being able to be in that smooth state of consciousness is the thing that really carries us through. I wonder if, I guess I'd, I'd ask all listeners right now, whether you agree with Michael Jaco or you agree with me or you disagree with both of us or one of the other to set all of your assumptions and presumptions aside, positive or negative and think about it from the perspective of just mainline physics and mainline science and the idea that when you view a particle or a wave, you know, it, when you view whatever that is, it, it, it appears as a particle or a wave. You literally, as you observe it, this is mainline physics, mainline science, mainline, uh, I think, going into string theory, uh, M theory, 
when you observe it, uh, you change it by observing it. So I think that when you're talking about remote influencing, uh, maybe it's another step into remote viewing, but whatever you're viewing or whatever you're imagining, whatever you're tapping into, you're having an influence on that thing. And I feel that being able to hone those skills is not just a, 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 a let's call it a spiritual or a psychic thing. It's also a very physical and very mainline scientific thing, because I think mainline physicists agree that when you observe, you influence. And I don't think there's much of a difference between the, the laboratory version of that and the spiritual version of that, if, if that makes sense, Michael. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I totally agree with everything. Uh, another thing that I've, I've learned is that we actually have mirror neurons where we can look at something and mimic what we see. And uh, if we, if we mimic what we want to, what we want to see, uh, then we're going to actually influence like you're talking about. So that's the power of uh, using your neurons. So being in that state of consciousness where your neurons are firing at their optimum uh, is what I was teaching in the, the hand to hand course. So if you're in this state of consciousness, we call that the alpha brainwave state. Uh, so basically we're mostly beta oriented where we see information, we comprehend information, uh, we hear information. It's, it's beta, a lot of that's beta brainwave state. Uh, as you go into a more relaxed state of consciousness, you start to activate the alpha brainwave state in, in a predominant state. And when we go into the sleep state, uh, you're going into uh, data, uh, delta and theta. Uh, you can actually act, activate those as well if you go into a deeper level of consciousness, but a lot of people can't perform, physically perform in those states of consciousness. So we would stay in the alpha brainwave state. And we, we were even going into uh, the level where um, yogis and so forth uh, activate uh, the beta and the alpha and create a gamma uh, brainwave. So we, we started to uh, move into those levels of consciousness. So physically doing uh, this, this brainwave activity and understanding the brainwave activity, we could, we became almost invincible. Uh, actually we were invincible at that moment because we would have the whole room attack one person, uh, and they would attack, they would be, get kill shots. Uh, like you talked about, we had all of the people that were the best of the best, the Gracie brothers at the time and, uh, Tony Blauer and a lot of other people, uh, back in my day that were the best of the best and we had to come in, they're like, Oh, I can teach you guys how to kill. <laughs> so they, uh, they went to another level and they're like, we never teach anybody this, but this is the stuff we love. And so they taught us some amazing things. And it, you have to, like you were talking about, you have to be in that type of brainwave state. So that brainwave state for a, a flying neck seal or a flying neck break or whatever you're going to do on somebody where you're actually flying through the air, you jump and leap and, take somebody's head or neck and boom, you hit it. So we were actually doing some incredible acrobatic type things, but that was because we were able to go into these levels of consciousness, these brainwave states. Uh, and so the, the flying yogis that you see and stuff like that, they're in those brainwave states uh, where they're, you know, flying and doing all these crazy, you know, kung fu moves and so forth. Uh, so we learned literally how to do that. Anyone can learn those. So that's on a physical level but that's on an advanced level that most people would never be and, exposed to. And by, and by, don't necessarily need to. but by, by, by flying around, you mean, I mean, I think you just said it, but you mean more martial arts, more an ability to really utilize the body almost outside of the physical dimension, but kind of go beyond what the average person can physically do. You're not talking about flying through the air like Superman. 
Yeah, very good. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying that. I don't want to get people off track. Mike, Mike's talked about flying through the air like Superman. No, basically, uh, let's, let's say someone is on a, a berm. So you come across the beach uh, as a Navy SEAL, sneak across the beach, and you come up on this berm, and you see a sentry that's walking or in, in a position. So you run, and you're flying through the air down to where the sentry is. So you leap, move. And as you're flying through the air, you hit him. And during that hit, you do a neck break. So uh, it's a silent move. And, uh, you know, you are, what we learned also is your consciousness, like you're saying, your consciousness can influence your environment. If we held the uh, idea of what we were going to do, if we had that in our mind, and you're like, well, how could you not? But you have to empty your mind. Uh, so if you would hold that consciousness, because we started because guys started to turn, we're like, don't, don't turn. And they're like, well, I sensed him. And it's like, there's no way you could be, he was completely quiet. We're right here. And there's like, I just knew. So then we, it's like, ah, oh. so they're picking up on the brainwave activity like we're, we're teaching. So we had guys completely, and they knew what they were going to do. And then they just empty their mind before they did the movement. And from that point on, they could walk up behind somebody and take them out and they wouldn't know it. So it's, it's kind of that uh, incredible states of consciousness like we're talking about. You develop yourself into those zones of consciousness. You don't have to learn how to be, uh, you know, uh, Navy SEAL or, you know, a super, you know, advanced in uh, martial arts. You can take your consciousness through the meditative practice and go into these um, uh, gamma wave or uh, deep uh, theta uh, consciousness waves, uh, which I do when I look into the future. So when I look into the future and I start to see things, I'm in that state of consciousness. These, these states of consciousness, you know, I perfected uh, the beginning of them uh, when I was Navy SEAL doing the, uh, the practice of, you know, taking out centuries or whatever I was doing. But I, I developed it when I started going after that to the Native American practice. So then I started to smooth all that out, take off that rough, hard uh, exterior of, uh, you know, a warrior and smooth that out. So the greatest warriors in the past never actually, you know, killed their enemy. And that's, that's where my consciousness is at. I don't kill my enemy. I send love to my enemy. And by sending love to my enemy, which I did with Osama bin Laden, because uh, I, I helped find him. We knew where he was. Uh, we were basically around his compound, making sure he didn't leave. And then my old SEAL team, SEAL team, uh, SEAL team 6 Red Squadron, uh, came in and took him out. So the, the synchronicity of that, you know, that the linking of that consciousness state and all these different things that I was doing uh, led to all that transpiring. So by sending someone that's evil, the law vibration basically changes their vibrational field, makes them vulnerable. Uh, it actually sets them up or a possible shift into the higher levels of consciousness. This is something that Bruce Lee would do with his one inch punch. He was like, I don't want to like, you know, fight somebody and, and tear them apart or whatever. I just want to hit them with a one inch punch and wake them up. <laughs> That's what he would do. And I, I tried this. It actually has worked uh, on several occasions uh, in real life, but uh, it's basically you're knocking out uh, the negative entity that's in them. Uh, and that's, that's a, that's a whole nother story, but that's what I was doing with a lot of these terrorists that we were hunting. So I would start to, um, send them a love, a vibrational field. And, and whenever I would think about them during the day, I'd send them that love, uh, bubbling them up. 
And then sure enough, within a short period of time, I'd say less than a year, uh, we would, we would take them out. Uh, and, and that wasn't my intention. My intention was just to send the love. I, I don't have any connection with them. I just see them. I remote view them. I see if they have a negative entity on them, which all of them did, unfortunately. And I just sent them love. Just sent them love and uh, weaken them and make them vulnerable. So is this an is this an absolute belief that you hold, or is some of this stuff like you say sending love to Osama bin Laden? Is that more of just a, a belief that you have? Do you actually believe that that had an influence? Because you were you were in SEAL Team Six, you weren't in SEAL Team Six when when they went to get Osama bin Laden. But is, are you saying that that directly, like absolutely, had an effect? Is it something you just believe? Because people are obviously going to ask questions like that. Sounds ridiculous. So could you clarify that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what I do is I muscle test. I, I show this physically because people want to see a picture's worth of a thousand words and you can feel it. It's, it's even better. Uh, so in, in my courses or in my uh, presentations, whatever, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll have several people come up and I've done this over the years with uh, a lot of people that I've worked with, you know, big burly guys, you know, and I get the biggest burliest guy, of course, I bring them up and then I do um, kind of remote influence them a little bit. Uh, I, I muscle sweep them. I sweep my hands down the sides, which is basically taking their vibrational fields and, and sending it downward. Then I hold, have them hold their arms up, and I just press and muscle testing, uh, and they're weak. Uh, and then I let the, the energy re- realign itself again. I press on their arms, and they're you know strong. I mean, some of these people are like really strong. Is it so, like a Reiki? A little bit like Reiki? Yeah. So then I go into uh, – so I'm physically showing them. I'm doing it physically. And then I go into, okay – uh, now drop your arms and then I mentally, uh, sweep them, push their energy down. And then I have them bring their arms up and boom, they're, they, they go down right away. And I didn't physically show, do that. So people are a little confused on that one first. And then I have them hold different types of, uh, emotions, have them hold anger, uh, and, and then show their muscle testing, how they're weak. I have them hold, uh, uh, the love vibration or love, the feeling of love. Uh, and then I, I physically sweep them. I say, okay, look, I'm physically sweeping them. You guys know that normally uh, in a muscle test, they're going to be weak. And then I have them hold the, the thought of love, and they're, they're stronger than ever. So uh, so by using that, I show people that, you know, uh, it's it kind of like reinforces what I teach, that your, your love energy is very powerful. So when you send it, like when people have prayer, you have really good prayer groups where people who are praying for people that are injured or sick or going to die. Or like a mass mass prayer event where people get together and pray for something to happen or not to happen in the world, something like that. Absolutely. And, you know, I could see that event happening for uh, America and the world at some point where people really come together and pray for something. Uh, I saw that in 9-11. After 9-11, I remember being in uh, New York, and it was like not a fun place. You know, people aren't very friendly. Uh, and then I went back after 9-11. Everybody's like friendly, the friendliest people uh, you would see anywhere. And I think that has an effect, you know, where people are sometimes unfortunately traumatized. Uh, they start to come together. They start to work together. And that is true, to yes. Us. Yeah, and that's, that's a beautiful... Unfortunately, that's the thing we've seen that has happened over the last uh, several years where people are getting, you know, really traumatized and, and it's waking them up. So we're see, seeing an awakening process that's happening that's unprecedented, uh, probably in human history, and that's because of the pressure. So, you know, I'm used to being pressured, you know, being a Navy SEAL, being a combat and so forth. You know, I'm always doing something, you know, to do that in my life because I like to, 
I like to press uh, and do uh, incredible things. And that basically shows me that I have this ability. So same thing with uh, these carrots. So before, before bin Laden, we've got, we've got about I, a, we got about a, we got about a minute, Michael, about a minute till break. Okay. If you want, if you want to save this so for the next quick, half so hour or go ahead, go ahead. Before bin Laden, I did like four other uh, terrorists that we were working on and all four of them had gone away. So the first one, you're like, Oh, did I really do that? And then the second one, like, Oh, maybe I'm doing this by bin Laden. I'm like, I'm taking them out. So that's what I do. All right. Michael Jaco is our guest this evening. When we come back, I want to talk more about that. Uh, you talk, talking about having people hold emotions. I don't know if you've seen the body map of emotions. This was 2013, this study that came out showing that the body actually holds energy and heat in certain parts of, of itself, depending on if it's love or if it's hate or anxiety or whatever it is. Talk a little bit more about that when we come back from break. Michael Jaco is our guest this evening. The Intuitive Warrior is the book. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food Philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. And Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call up to the 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Listening to the Secret Teachings. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Michael Jaco is our guest this evening on the show. He'll be with us for the rest of the broadcast. He's going to stay for the final half hour segment after this segment. Bottom of hour number two. If you missed any of our previous episodes, you can listen on the secretteachings.info website. If you're a subscriber, you get access to the ad free show or anywhere else you listen to radio shows or podcasts, applications, websites, etc. Just search The Secret Teachings and you will find the show. If you have any questions about the archive, about my books, about me, about the show, about our guests, shoot us an email at rdgable, Romeo Delta, and then Gable like Clark Gable, the actor, G-A-B-L-E, at Yahoo. The music tonight, as with every show, is White Bat Audio. You can find them on YouTube. They let us use their music for bumpers, and we appreciate that. Sometimes the music sounds staticky. That's not a bad connection or anything like that. That's actually what the music sounds like, that song there. Uh, uh, What is that called? Melancholic uh, Retro Wave. So it kind of sounded staticky. People ask me, "Is is that you? Is that your microphone? Is that your board? No, that's actually what the music sounds like. So Michael Jaco is our guest, as I said, and picking up where we left off in the last segment, when you say that in a a course you're teaching people to hold those kinds of emotions uh, and also pushing the energy away and, you know, their body kind of gets maybe more limp, correct me if I'm wrong, and then uh, allowing the energy to go back uh, into the body in a sense, and then, you know, they become physically, you know, strong again, or able to, you know, withstand pressure being pushed down on their arms or whatever the case. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, that to me, it kind of, you know, for some people and and for myself as well, it kind of sounds like something that might happen in church, you know, where a, a demon is removed or, you know, a possession is removed by a pastor, you know, clapping his hands and dancing around. Is part of it also the belief of the person that is in, in your courses, the person that is coming up and having this done to them? Because if someone comes up and staunchly says, I'm not going to allow you to do anything to me, uh, have you ever had that happen? Uh, if so, what exactly happened? Uh, if not, does that make sense? Does it does it really matter if the person believes it or not? Can that have an effect? No, it doesn't matter. It's, uh, you know, it's just the way the human body you know, respond to, uh, energies or, or so forth. It's, it's going to respond the same. And that's, that's what I've learned in the, uh, the fighting phase of my, my, uh, journey as far as like, you know, expanding my consciousness, uh, you know, you, you hit the body a certain way, it's going to move a certain way. Uh, if I put a finger in the, in the eye socket, it's going to respond to that. If I put a finger, if I hit the throat, it responds, the hands come up and touch you, you usually touch pain if you can. Uh, if I kick the nuts or the groin area, could be the same for a woman. Uh, you're going to put your hand there. You want to touch that. If you you think about when you burn your yourself on something, you snap your 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 hand away instantly, and you look at that's that's the next thing. So you're going to look at the pain. If you, you hit a hit a 
you're putting on a shirt or something, you hit a pin that was uh, left accidentally into in the shirt and you, you get pin pricked, your body responds instantly. So you're not consciously aware of that response. But um, knowing that as a fighter, I know that I can, I can touch or hit you certain places and your body's going to respond to that before your conscious mind knows that. Uh, it's the same thing with um, this muscle testing that I was talking about earlier. Uh, is that people can come in and say, you're, you're, not going to, you're not going to affect me. And some people have really good control of their bodies, as I've learned over the years. But there's, there's no one that can resist this. If I know that, then I'll give it a little bit more energy and, and it, will, it will happen. Uh, where the muscle testing works, where they get weak. So it, and that's kind of the way it is with when I send the love of energy to someone that's, that's very evil, you know, they're, they're a lower level soul, uh, as, as a higher level soul that, you know, gives me not that I'm, I'm better than them or anything. It just gives me a, a, a broader, you know, sense of, of what's going on. And as a, as a lower level, soul, basically a child or whatever, uh, in, in awareness, uh, a child in awareness can, can reach mastery very quickly uh, if you have the right information like we're talking about right now. So this, this mastery level information is, is available. It was available to me. I searched for it. I wanted it. And it came to me. And now I share it with others. So uh, you can resist. You can say this is all false. But that's part of the, the child within you that doesn't want to change, uh, that, is, that doesn't want to believe that there's something that could make life easier for you. Uh, like maybe it's hard for people and they think that's what they have to go through. It, it doesn't have to be that way. So the little, the little things that I did, you know, to awaken me, uh, they, they came, uh, through because I wanted that awakening because I desired that awakening and I pulled it to me. So yeah, anyone that doesn't want this to happen, like those terrorists, they thought they're in that, you know, that state of consciousness. Uh, you know, connected with the dark source, which is going to protect them, which is going to help them fulfill whatever it is they wanted to experience as a, a lower level soul. Uh, and it doesn't work when you come in with higher level soul energy, which is the God force. Uh, so I, I tap into that and I project that. And sometimes I project it when I'm directed. So in the early stages, I was like, well, what do I do with this? And then I was like, okay, send love to some of my life. <laughs> so, that's the kind of stuff that I would do. Um, I normally don't just on my own, uh, you know, start focusing on anybody I would love. Now, if I, if I focus on you, Ryan, you become like Superman powerful. Uh, if I focus on probably everybody in your audience, but a few that probably listen in that are trying to get, see where we're going with this, uh, they're, they're going to be, and I will just send out a love bubble right now. So anybody that's hearing this is going to get that, that love bubble. So it's going to impact them and they're going to feel that if they're open to it. So that's, that's something we all have access to. We talked earlier, we started to talk earlier about how there are um, groups that, you know, do uh, meditation uh, to uh, help change uh, negative situations that are in the world. And there are groups that, you know, focus through prayer. Uh, prayer is the same thing uh, as a meditation it's the same thing. So don't get confused. I'm, I'm like talking about meditation. If you're into some spiritual, uh, or, um, you know, if you're in Islam, if you're in Judaism, if you're in Christianity, if you're in whatever you're into, uh, prayer is, as you probably found out, is very powerful. So directing your prayers as a group can make a difference. Now, if you're directing prayers 
in a negative way, they can also have an impact. So that's something that, you know, we have to be aware of as well. So not only do, are we like, you know, bubbling ourselves to protect our, protect ourselves from, uh, you know, maybe something in our lives that might be negative or someone that's in their life that's negative, but also from uh, negative forces that are out there impacting us. So there, I mean, there still is an element, uh, maybe the word I chose is not the best word, but there still is an element of belief in the sense that you call it a love bubble for someone to accept that there has to, you know, accepting it, there has to be a level of openness, a level of belief in a sense to this. I mean, this, we're dealing with the mind here, which is complex. We're dealing with things that are sort of immaterial. So it's hard to really use material words to spell out what it is, but in a sense, it's a matter of, of what you believe and what you're willing to accept. And I mean, I certainly agree with you that whatever people choose to call it, higher energy, higher vibration, higher power, just like a candle in the darkness, a little bit of light dissipates a lot of darkness. There's certainly, you know, something to be said about that. But there is a sense of belief and, and willingness to accept certain things. Either way you slice it. I mean, that's really, I think, the core of what we're talking about tonight, the power of the mind. Yeah, Absolutely. And you're, and you're right. If, um, you know, I, I've been at events where I tell everybody, I show everybody about this love vibration stuff and how we can, uh, you know, change the world and how we can like, you know, uh, send love to different people that maybe seem to be, uh, or definitely are, uh, influence us in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll hear from the audience and they ask me questions later. They're like, well, I just want to take these guys out. And I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> so it's there's you know you're not going to like you know show this to somebody and they're going to get it right away sometimes uh, through conditioning uh because the the brain the neurons in the brain you got a super highway of you know certain types of information where you feel that you have to physically get involved to make a difference um you're you're not going to easily be uh persuaded with one one guy no matter how you might look up to a Navy SEAL or someone like what I've done. uh, It's still not going to change you instantly. So you have to have, like I talked about, you have to have that desire uh, for change to, uh, to have have it happen. Yeah. So so people read my book and they're like, yeah, yeah. So people read my book and they're like, they're so excited about it. And they're like, I'm going to send that to my ex. (laughs) I'm going to send love to my ex. (laughs) And I'm like, well, you you don't want to send it in a way that it, uh, negative because it's not going to be the same. Uh, so, so, I mean, even so people that have, you know, done it in a loving way have uh, actually had a uh, good results. And, uh, if they can keep that, you know, that love energy going, uh, the difference is that they have a lot of people who usually resolve themselves. Uh, and I've heard this, uh, for many people, uh, throughout the years. This is the same kind of a concept that we find or the same kind of ideas that we find in, well, we use the word magic, uh, there are magicians that do the little, you know, looped rings and cards and on stage in Las Vegas or on the street. And then there's magic, which is more ceremonial and more ritualistic that a lot of people assume or believe because of the assumption uh, they believe is very dark and evil. And certainly there is uh, a component of that. But when I talk about magic, which is really at the foundation of the secret teachings named after Manly P. Hall's The Secret Teachings of All Ages, we're talking about the directionalizing of will and energy. And when people, you you don't have to use a magic wand, but those four traditional elements, the cup, the wand, uh, you know, of course you have the the pentacle uh, and you have the sword. 
these all relate to some element of the self. So for example, different uh, traditions have different beliefs, but uh, you have the idea of using the magic wand. It's a symbol of directionalizing your will, where you directionalize what you wish to happen. The sword could be thought of as kind of like consciousness cutting through uh, unconsciousness and, and materiality. Uh, the the uh, cup itself is kind of like the mind overflowing with, uh, with wisdom. Uh, the pentacle is the body and being able to center the body. So whether you call it magic or you call it psychic abilities, which some people associate the two, or you call it mainline physics uh, or psychology, whatever you choose to call it, uh, in any culture uh, around the world throughout human history, we're all dealing with essentially the same exact thing. We just call it different things. We have different names for it, different practices. But this is really about the spiritual nature of man uh, and the animation that is the physical material world through something that is very immaterial. Uh, at least that's my feelings. Those are my thoughts, uh, largely because that's that's a lot of what we do. We do a lot of uh, magical uh, analysis here on the secret teachings. But I, I find this to be very, very fascinating, whether people believe you, Michael Jaco, or they believe me, uh, or they think that we're both crazy or one of us is crazy or the other. Um, no matter what you call it, I think we're all really talking about the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it, it is, it is a journey, uh, enjoy the journey or, or not, you know, you don't, you don't want to go down this path. Uh, it's, it's not going to come to you. Uh, maybe some, some aspects of it have over the years. Uh, and you're like, Oh, I, I should have listened to that. My that little voice in my head. Uh, well, are you going to listen to it next time? Or, when that happens, do you have an attitude of gratitude? You say, thank you for that. Can I have more? Because uh, it will come to you that way if you want it. And uh, that's that's what I started to learn over time as well. Uh, you just have that attitude of gratitude. So now I'm moving to uh, the attitude of gratitude, the attitude of joy uh, when I when I have these, because it's a higher level of consciousness. Um, love, love being very high. The analytical process being uh, above the... Um, process obviously of anger and fear uh and then above that analytical process uh, the love you know being in the love state above the love state being in the you know joy being joyful for the things that come to you so this is this is like my the next level uh that i feel that i'm advancing to that i'm starting to share with people is to have that that joyful attitude uh uh happy joyful uh attitude when something like this comes in so it's, it's above a gratitude. So gratitude is like, oh, thank you so much for that. But in that joy, you're like, ah, uh, like, amen, like, a, you know, oh, thank you, God. And, you know, these are joyful uh, moments. Uh, for instance, maybe you're in, a, you're, in, you're in your car and something uh, something tells you not to put, put your foot on the accelerator because the light went green and then the big Mack truck goes through, and you would have died, right? So, uh and that's that point where you go joyful. Oh, thank you, God. You know, thank you for that. That that because that when God hears that you're you're in tune with Him, that you're connected with Him, He's going to give you more. He's going to connect with you more. So that this is where I'm 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 taking it to like the next level, if you will, uh, where I'm I'm going to be joyful when I have these moments because uh, that emotional state, like we talked about, is is an attractor or uh, or repels one or the other. So which state do you want to be in? You want to be in that fearful state and have those, those negative things come into your life? Or do you want to be in that 
ecstatic, joyful state and have more of that come into your life. I think it's pretty obvious. Most people would say, well, joyful, but, but, you know, and that but is basically what keeps people from reaching those levels. So you, you have to let that go. So in my book, I talk about this, this little death. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, one of the favorite chapters uh, that people have told me about. Most people, many people have told me about they have in the book. And people will like a lot of the chapters, of course. But the little death is where I did a vision quest. It was my first vision quest, and it was in the um, Pine Barrens of uh, New Jersey. So I, I'd been to several courses uh, where they're talking about the Native American spirituality, and I was like, uh, I was still in, this, in the SEAL teams at the time. I was the operations chief, so it was very, very hard to get, my, get time off. So this was over a, a weekend-long period. Uh, started on uh, Friday and went through Monday, so the four days. So I was like, I was trying to get the time off, and I didn't know if I was going to make it. I'd been there, and I was like, if I want to, if I do this, this is where I want to be. And there were a hundred different uh, spots. So there were possibly a hundred different people that were come. Uh, so in the last minute, I finally got the time off. So I drove from Virginia Beach all the way up to uh, New Jersey during the night, through the night. And I got in as the sun was coming up and they're like, Oh, you made it. You're the hundredth person. And there's only one spot left. And that one spot was where I wanted the vision quest. So everybody had chosen wherever they were going to chose, but that one stayed open. Uh, so then I went out for four days and all they, all you do is drink water. So they provide you with a gallon or two, whatever you need of water every day. You just put, put out, uh, on a pathway, uh, what, what uh, water source you need, how much you need. Uh, and then they supply for you. So you, mine was under a old tree in the pine barrens. Uh, the trees are kind of stunned. It's a very small pine trees, but occasionally you will see uh, a larger, bigger pine tree. Uh, and they're called the grandmothers. So this particular grandmother had died and she was, but she was still standing. Uh, so that's where I rested for the next uh, four days. So I, I would do the, do this one dance uh, where you're releasing uh, like negative thoughts from your body. So I would do this, this spiritual dance and then I would sit and meditate. So I did that for four days. So the first day you're like, Oh, what are you doing here? Your mind shatters. Like what you don't need this. Uh, you're not going to be eating for, you're, you're going to die. You know, <laughs> all these different things go through your mind. And then about the evening of the second day, the chatter stopped and it went very quiet and I watched the sunset and it was very, very beautiful. It was like, uh, so serene. So the third day was like a super hot day. So this, this old tree, all the birds, for whatever reason, would gather on this tree. Uh, and they chirp and sing and so forth. And it was, it was you know, a beautiful experience. So on the night of the third night, so I'm very, very serene at this point, And I go to sleep. As a little boy, I had dreamed of seeing a whippoorwill. A whippoorwill is a, is a bird, actually a large black bird that would, that would, uh, in, in the trees and so forth uh, in my home state of South Carolina. So I would chase them, and it's like the whippoorwill knew, and it would like go further away, further away, further away. You never get to see them. I'd never seen one. Uh, and so I'm sleeping. I fell asleep, you know, exhausted, fell asleep, uh, and I heard the whippoorwill. It, it sounded, and it sounded so loud. And I, I looked up, and there it was. It was looking, looking at me. And I was like, go away. <laughs> like it woke me up. And I, was, and I went back, I closed my eyes. I was like, what did I do? And I opened my eyes, it was gone. And I was like, 
that's the way it is for a lot of things in life. You know, uh, we want them. We, we, we finally get them. And then we're like, ah, I don't want to do that. So that's kind of the way a lot of people approach, uh, the intuitive state. Uh, they want it. It comes to them. It doesn't, it, it's, it's different. It's very unusual. And that bird that was looking at me was like, it was huge. I was like, that's unbelievable. And I was like, Oh my God, I felt wonderful, but it was gone. And so we do that with a lot of things in life. Uh, so that little death, uh, from that point on, I was like, this is the way I do a lot of things in my life. You know, I track them and I was like, ah, there you are, whatever. You know, it's like I, I done that for many things. I was like, so now I'm going to start to be an attitude of gratitude. I'm going to start to, so I had the same thing with the whippoorwill. And of course the whippoorwills didn't come back because I'd shoot them away, but I could hear them. They were like all around me then, uh, next night. And I was like, ah, yeah, that's, that's the way it is. Uh, that's beautiful. So I started to apply that, you know, don't, don't have that attitude of, you know, just brushing things away that you're trying to attract. Uh, you're trying to reach this, this higher level of consciousness. Uh, and you had a, you had a messenger that came to, you know, invoke that, you know, bring you to that level and you shoot it away. Mm -hmm. So that's what a lot of people unfortunately do when I present this information. Uh, they just want to shoo it away. It's like, here's, here's the gift that you've been waiting for that can change your life and make your life much better. And they're like, no, I don't want that. It's like, oh, okay. Like me when I was under the tree. That's fine. Someday you'll see and you'll want it. Like the, like you said, the first day of having all that chatter. I mean, anytime you sit down to even meditate or, you know, I like to sit down and have quiet and have, have some tea and the first few minutes of any time I do something like that, I, I have that chatter too. Like, why are you doing this? Just go play a video game or go watch a TV show or something. You have to, you have, it's not even a vision question. It's just like an everyday thing for me. And a couple minutes later, yeah. then I, I, I can see, uh, sink into that calm. Michael, I wanted to ask you, uh, two questions. You don't have to really put too much detail into them, but when people say God or when people say love or gratitude, I like to get definitions. So how, if you can, I know it's an immaterial thing and it's a large concept, but how exactly would you define God in relation to what you said a little bit ago about uh, allowing God to send you these intuitions or these signs, et cetera? How exactly do you define God? What is that to you? So for me, God is the, the omnipotent, omnipresent uh, uh, essence that's in all things. Uh, that's, that's the way the uh, Native American uh, spirituality is. And I, I connect with that very, very deeply. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's in, it's within everything. So I, I have access to everything. I'm all knowing, all seeing, all hearing, just like God is. Uh, once I'm in that state of consciousness, I make that connection. And I don't, I don't think it's just you, Michael. I don't think it for the audience. I don't think it's just Michael Jaco. I mean, that sounds an out, like an outrageous thing, but I can tell you from my experience, even having never talked to Michael, I've not even read your book because this interview came about so quickly. Um, I get the concept of that myself. I can tell you, uh, for anybody who listens to this show consistently, I, I understand the concept of what he's saying. And I think that's, people might think that's an egotistical thing to say for you, Michael, but I, I feel that everybody has this intuitive ability to access that. What we, we, some people call it God consciousness or some people call it, um, you know, universal records or whatever, but it's, it's really, you're just tapping into something that is beyond the, the mundane set of standards and rules and restrictions and once you get outside of those restrictions, then, then really you have access to the capital A-L-L, -L, the access to the all. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, that's, that's good to make that distinction because um, I think the, the Luciferians, you know, like to think of themselves as God and they, they train their, 
their people to their minions to, uh, to think of themselves as God, uh, fallen angels. So Lucifer, you know, I can be like God. I don't need God. And, uh, so that's what their, that's what their training is. That's where their lower level of consciousness, their low, low, uh, little children's souls are. Uh, but that's, once you start to see that, you're like, I don't, I don't want that. I want, I want to be a grown up in this, <laughs> this reality. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I want to connect with the, the higher source, uh, and that's not my egoic self. If it was my egoic self, then that's kind of like the, uh, the dark path. So I know that I'm just, it's, it's not me. Like I've said many times, it's not me that does this. It's my connection to that, that beautiful, uh, joyous, you know, ecstatic, you know, source of, uh, all that moves through all things. Yes. Uh, and, and then when I have a, a question or I have a desire for something, you know, I make that connection. If it's, if it's right for me, it will come. I don't have, I don't have any timing on things. And that's, that's what I've learned. Also, if you have an expectation, oftentimes it will never come as, as you expect it to. And I learned that as an Navy SEAL, every, every single, uh, uh, event that I've been on, any training, any real world combat action, same thing in CIA, whatever it was, you can brief a certain thing, but all that is is preparation for whatever it is you're going to experience. And it's not going to be as you think it's going to be. So once you take that uh, type of mindset, things work out much better because you're, you're more flexible because you think it's going to, it's got to be this way. And I have seen people over the years, even very uh, advanced uh, warriors, uh, they get stuck because they expect it to be a certain way. Uh, it's been briefed over and over. This is the way it's going to be. And it doesn't happen that way. It never happens the way I've never been on a combat mission or training mission where everything went exactly as briefed. So, and that's kind of the way life is. You're, you're very smooth. You're very open. You're very observant. And you, uh, not necessarily, um, react to the things that are happening to you anticipate and then when they actually happen, it's like, ah, yeah, there it is. And I, I can, I can move very smoothly with this now. So I, I like to teach your, your anticipating life before, because uh, the reactors, the people that react to life are usually the ones that don't do well. They're unfortunately, they lose a lot. Uh, but the, the people that anticipate, they plan and have some kind of strategy, some kind of idea, um, but aren't completely beholden to that. Uh, it, it, if it doesn't work this way, then it's not meant to be for me. No, it might not need, it's maybe it's not meant to be at that moment and maybe something even better. Is coming. Something so better, I always yeah. tell myself that. Cause that, that's the way, that's the way it's been. I remember when I was, uh, uh, we got about a minute until my, the final break here, but go ahead. About a minute. Okay. So when I was first starting in my business now, uh, I had the idea that I was going to buy a nice car and I went to go buy it. And as I'm going to buy it, they didn't have it. And I was like, well, something I didn't get, I get, I didn't get pissed. Because uh, it already lined up, and I was like, "Okay, something better's coming." And sure enough, more money came into my came into my business, and I was able to buy a much nicer place, uh, nicer car. That's synchronistic and funny that you said that because literally right now, and Michael and I had not really talked before the show, and you don't know what's going on in my life, Michael. That it literally just happened to me. I'm finally going to get a new car. I had had one lined up, and turned out there was an issue with it after I had purchased it that was supposed to be fixed. And I was, I'm very anxious about it. I ended up getting a refund. Uh, there's a state law here in Arizona, like a lemon law. I got a refund and I was just so nervous and worried. And then out of absolutely nowhere, I just decided to go online and look for cars again. And I found something much, much, much better, uh, from a more reputable source, literally had the same experience wow. just, just this last uh, nice. week and a half or so. 
Anyway, Michael Jaco is our guest this evening. I've got a lot more to ask you, Michael, when we come back from break. Uh, the book, The Intuitive Warrior, you can get it pretty much everywhere. And do you have a website? Yes, michaelkjaco.com. All right. We will be right back with Michael Jaco. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. From para-history and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! You are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. Michael Jaco is our guest this evening. A lot of what Michael has said tonight, a lot of what we've discussed, reminds me of the concept of alchemy. Uh, the idea that you can transform lead into gold, but then the idea that that's not a physical thing per se, it's more of a spiritual thing, where you transform the lump coal or that lump of lead or whatever it is of, of the gross material body into something of a spiritual gold kind of a kind of a thing, kind of an idea. So there's a physical alchemy, there's a spiritual alchemy, and the historical alchemy, the idea, the mythology, is that the only time that you can acquire these incredible powers or abilities, whether that's actually making gold out of metal, uh, that is of a, or you know something that's of a lesser quality, or transforming the self into something that focuses more on the spiritual but balances with the physical. Magicians in the old world... Uh, old cultures all throughout the world, in the ancient world, were only able to do this reportedly when they were able to disconnect from their desire for material wealth. 
In other words, you could only make the gold when you no longer desired it. You could only become this spirit thing when you no longer desired all of the physical things that you believe that you could otherwise acquire with these with these powers or with these abilities. And in fact, that whole concept is detailed, probably unbeknownst to most. But if you watch or if you read, I believe it's the it's the first book from uh, J.K. Rowling from Harry Potter. It's the the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone. Harry has the Philosopher's Stone the entire time. It's just when he you know he go he doesn't actually want to use it. He finds that he has it in his pocket the entire time. That's the same. That's alchemy. That's the Philosopher's Stone. The power of projection led to gold, physical, spiritual, etc. And and I, you know I wonder, Michael, if when we're talking about intuition, when we're talking about remote viewing or influencing, there's a, a physics angle to that, of course. Uh, the concept of God, uh, almost like an animism type of a thing inside and outside of everything. And when we we use words like uh, love and we use words like God and we use words like light, and these are very, very positive things. I wonder if this is a question to you. This is your opinion. I wonder if you sometimes, because I know I do, think that when people use those words, they can be very disingenuous. And if you live too much in the concept or the idea or the mindset of everything is just love, 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 love. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it could disassociate you from reality to the point where things become uh, less than love, uh, less than light. Um, if that makes sense, does that make sense? Do you have an opinion on that? Maybe it's, it's just in balance. There certainly is a way to have those viewpoints and, uh, and beliefs in an imbalanced way. At least I think so. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, and I have a, I have a really good uh, story, um, kind of a shocking story, unfortunately, but uh, it, it basically uh, goes into that on a, on a deeper level. So I, I used to teach, uh, when I was in these combat zones, I would teach other people, you know, the skills. They're, very rarely anyone wanted to learn them, but uh, some, some guys did, and I would teach them over the years. Uh, so uh, this one guy, he was actually a former Navy SEAL. Uh, we, we ended up really good. And he had uh, written children's books, uh, and he kind of like a frogman. He had this, this frog, you know, uh, in his books, and so he was ready to branch out and start to uh, do courses and uh, write a book for you know the the average person to help them uh, achieve uh, greater things in their life. He started doing uh, in between some of the uh, our trips overseas. Uh, this was in the Pakistan at the time. He would uh, he would do events. He would talk in front of uh, football groups, you know, professional football groups. So he was giving them, you know, motivation and so forth like that. So he he started to get into these realms of consciousness and he started to understand them. And I started to help him with his remote viewing and sensing and so forth. Uh, so he started to pick up some stuff really good. And I, I said, you're, you're sensing stuff really good. And, and sure enough, things would happen to reaffirm it. So that's one of the things you start to do as, as you start to use your consciousness to, to remote view. You see something. The, the easiest thing I, I tell people to pick up pick up a restaurant you've never been to, uh, and imagine your consciousness goes out. You go look at it. Just imagine it. Just try it. Just get relaxed, relax, and do that, and see what you see in your consciousness, and and they go check it out. Uh, very very often, people actually see something, two, three, four things uh, in that. And so they're like, okay, they affirm it, but do they take it any further? Or does something happen to them uh, that spooks them? Uh, this can, this can, this can happen. So I'm teaching this guy, um, 
And uh, so he's kind of tapping in and we're doing some training this one night. And just, like I said, I would come into a place and I would keep it safe. I would bubble it up. Uh, if I felt anything coming in, I would go influence it. Uh, so I, we're, we're doing this training and I, I kind of sat down because I felt something coming out and getting visions coming in. So I'm like looking at it. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm a little concerned about it, but I know that I can, I, I've been preventing this stuff for a long time. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident. So he comes over, he notices that he's like, what's up? Cause he, he gets, he feels it right away. And it, and I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, should I tell him? Because if I tell him, he might take it the wrong way uh, and then start to focus on it. We've talked about this before, how, you know, when they do evil things or they have movies or so forth, people focus on it and they basically bring it into reality. So I, I'm very aware of that, and I have been for you know, most of my life. So I, I, I've learned to really focus myself. I want to achieve something. Uh, for everything I've, I've achieved, has been through that super, super intense focus. So I'm like, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm seeing something coming in. And I'm hesitating to tell him because if, if he starts to, if he gets spooked by it and he focuses on it, he can attract it and make it happen. I know this, but I'm thinking, well, it will be a good training. And I made the mistake of thinking, however, in my mind, I said, however, it turns out it will be a good training for him. That was a mistake. So, um, so I told him that I saw an attack coming on a little girl's school and I described how it would, how it would happen. Uh, someone would drive a bike in and blow it up, and I said, "Okay, you got to you got to send this love because he had two little girls, uh, so he really connected with that. You know, what if that was his little girls that are going into school? So he really focused on that, and he had fear. And he was like, oh, no. So I was like, oh, no. <laughs> he went the wrong way with it. Uh, so I had to do, you know, double work, and I was, I, I was concerned. So all, for the rest of the night, until I went to sleep, I tried to focus, uh, I tried to focus the love vibration in it. Uh, so we got up the next morning breakfast early around seven or so. And, uh, already, uh, somebody had driven up just like I described, unfortunately driven up with a uh, motorcycle, left it outside of a little school, uh, a school where little girls were going to school, uh, and blew it up and, and killed a bunch of these, uh, little girls. So that's the, that's the thing that that's very concerning to me sometimes teaching these skills. Uh, that if you if you take it the wrong way or if you have something like that happen where you attract that, I never told him that he attracted that, but he did, unfortunately, um, by focusing on it. Because my, my experience had been I've been able to, all the way up until that point for years, you know, push these events out uh, so they would happen. So you, you have to be careful sometimes, you know, how you focus on stuff. And like we were just talking about, it's a very simple thing. Like most people think, well, the doing the cars, you know, that's, that's, that's so simple. Uh, I do that all the time. Do you really, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but we learn if you, if you get, if you get stuck on something that you don't want to happen or you're, you're influenced negatively by it, it's like it's traumatizing, uh, whether it's a breakup, whether it's, um, you know, so, uh, someone in your family dies tragically, whatever happens, the longer you focus on it, the longer it pulls your consciousness in that direction and keeps it down, maybe even attracts that to you, to you as well. So we, we have learned and that you don't focus on that. You just let it go. And this or something better is going to come. And like we just described, it does. So from that point on, I was extremely careful uh, with who I shared 
that type of information with. Um, but I would alert people, of course, that something was, was possibly coming. And I, I predicted a lot of uh, uh, the fall of a lot of places. Uh, I was in Yemen, uh, and I, I predicted that the, the encampment that we had that I'd been to many, many years uh, and had built up, and we were doing a bit, we were having a very very good success. I knew that I wasn't be, I would be coming back there, so I basically told them they needed to get ready that you know this this base whatever was probably going to fall, um, and so again, am I am I seeding that into uh, you know actually happening? So you could argue that, or am I you know warning people that this is a possibility so they can prepare for it? Yes. So I. I and, and, and it did, it did transpire like that and it transpired like that in a lot of other places that I warn people about because I, I have that vibrational frequency tuned in where I can, I can sense that kind of like, you know, when I told you the early story of the uh, Vietnam vet, his vibrational frequency for hearing or sensing was uh, when he was in a situation where I would say life or death, but we were very, uh, we needed supplies and uh, if we didn't get supplies, then it was going to impact our mission. So, um, so he, he tapped into, uh, the vehicle coming, uh, way before it came. And, uh, and that's, that's what I've been able to do, uh, to the point where I can see the, see things coming months and months and months ahead. Like this last, uh, heat spell we had this summer, I said that that was coming long before it came. I said, it's going to be an unusually hot summer. And I said that this year, uh, there would be a lot of snowfall. And uh, it would be unusually cold. So we're still seeing, as you're you're finding out, we're still seeing um, snow falling in areas that don't normally see snow. We've had a a record-setting snow in the Sierra Mountains in California. Uh, It looks like there's going to be another big cold wave that comes down into the south, which is unfortunate because I said I see that many of the trees are going to start to bud, and unfortunately, we're going to another cold snap, and it's probably going to it's probably going to take that out. Now, some of that, I think, is weather manipulation. Uh, we know these things go on. It's another vibrational thing. So if we tune our vibration, which I've done, if we can tune our vibration to influencing weather, uh, we can make a difference. And I've done, you know, weather influencing for a long time as well, uh, pushing pushing negative weather, pushing storms, cooling, and all that kind of stuff. So that's another um, uh, thing that people people will have come in. And we talked about how people will have, like, you know, the, the magicians and so forth. They, they, they do the tricks and so forth. Some of that is, you know, uh, it's, it's pure behind the scenes, you know, uh, props and so forth that we're not aware of. And I've misdirection. seen a lot of those props over the years. Yeah, misdirection, absolutely. Uh, and some of, it, some of it sometimes is real. And uh, I've seen some of the people that actually do real stuff, but they, they turn it into a big, you know, broadcast and, uh, a big, big show. And that's, that's very interesting. To me. I like to see those, those guys. But one of those things is, you know, if you, if you make a big show of things that people are like, Oh, these people have, you know, special powers. No, we all, every one of us have special powers. It's not just a few, but some people like to broadcast, you know, I have, have this ability. You should follow me. You should, you know, whatever I say, yeah, you that's follow. not good. I, I'm, I'm not like that at all. And most of us here aren't going to follow that at all. So, if, if we see someone making those types of broadcasts out there, they're in, you know, maybe political realm or in uh, governmental, uh, you know, whatever, religious or whatever realms, uh, sometimes I'm, I'm like very careful, you know, with how my, my focus is. 
like uh, I'm talking about weather, uh, all the people that taught me how to do the, you know, the uh, Native American shaman and so forth, they taught me how to pull in and push weather. They taught that you do that long before you tell everybody you're doing it. You, and then we do the, the rain dance. That's just for show. We've already done the work. So it's coming. I was going to, uh, and I was like, yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you that. Cause there's a, there's a, uh, I don't remember what season it was, but there was an episode of the X-Files, uh, where the emotions of the sky were influencing the weather. And you think, um, you know, we don't have time to get into the details of this, of course, but you think that if weather can affect us, whether that's from pressure changes and the old wives tale, you know, your grandma's knee starts hurting, you get a headache, you get pressure changes. So it's very scientific. It's intuitive. It's something you can feel it affects you then sympathetically speaking, why couldn't we affect the weather in a similar way as an individual or as a group of people? So that's certainly something to consider for another show. Uh, we have limited time. So I wanted to ask you an, a couple of other questions here before we run out of time and then give you some time to uh, promote your book and your website and all that. So when we talked about remote viewing and remote influencing earlier and how this could, I, I don't think it, it it's just that it could be perceived this way, but that it is mainline uh, modern contemporary physical world physics. It's real life science observing and influencing waves and particles, etc. I'm wondering if intuition, which certainly is in one aspect, a survival instinct. I wonder if that is also part of our memory and our ability to subconsciously recognize patterns and, and those types of things that we wouldn't, we wouldn't consider them to be kind of spiritual or paranormal or parapsychological like we would intuition or a sixth sense but I imagine that patterns and just subtle things we recognize, survival instinct or otherwise, just awareness and consciousness, I imagine that, that that plays into or that is one of the bigger definitions of what intuition is. Just from the sense of intuition, people see that it's, oh, it's paranormal, you don't really have intuition, you don't have a spider sense, none of that's real. But I think, again, it's also very much based on physics, it's based on science, it's based on the ability to recognize patterns in, in psychology uh, quickly, could you speak to that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's different levels of intuition. There's the, the level where uh, you're unaware of things in your environment that are influencing you and, and, and telegraphing. Uh, so you just get this feeling uh, and it's, you don't know where it's coming from. And then you, you either react or you, uh, you anticipate or you react to the thing that happens. Uh, so this happens and you're like, oh, I felt it coming. Why didn't I do something? Why didn't I anticipate and, and do the right thing? So uh, and then there's the the visual. You see patterns, uh, or you read something, or you, you you see, you hear, and you're like you put things together. So that's on a uh, that's the like next level of intuition. So from all these patterns, you start to you start to feel things, and the the feeling. And uh, and women are very good with this as far as their their children. They feel if their their child uh, is unsafe. I felt this as, as a parent as well. I felt one time where my son uh, was injured and I remote viewed it and I was like, okay, he's, he's not life threatening. <laughs> so, and then I found out later that he was on the trampoline and bumped his head and he bled a little bit, but he was good. So you, you start to get these, these different level of feelings. Uh, they come in, you tap into stuff, you tap into people uh, and that's the next level of intuition. And then the intuition like you know, I'm describing uh, on the highest level is where you're tapping into uh, the ultimate source uh, that knows all things and is connected to all things. And uh, when something comes in that would affect your life, you feel it, you sense it, you look at it, however that is. It could be healing, 
Some people smell. Some people use uh, their intuition through smell. And I've seen this. Uh, I've seen this in one of my uh, granddaughters. Uh, she's she's excellent with her intuitive smell. And uh, so there's lots of different ways. All the senses uh, can be utilized for one in particular, uh, and then it activates others. So, yeah, there's different uh, levels of intuition, definitely. Thank you for breaking that down. I appreciate that. Michael Jaco is our guest this evening. We've got about 10 minutes left. I want to give you a few minutes to uh, talk about anything that you wanted to wrap up with or anything that you, you didn't get to talk about yet on the show, just something that you want the listeners maybe to know. I like to give every guest that opportunity. The other thing is, and I, I can't speak to this uh, from direct experience because, I, as I said, I haven't read your book and um, we've never spoken before. Uh, people get, I mean, I myself, I get called all sorts of names. People tell me I work for the FBI. People tell me I work for the, the NSA. People tell me I'm a Satanist. I've had people tell me I'm, even though I'm not technically a Christian, people say, oh, you're too Christian for me because of your views. Or <laughs> other people tell me you're not Christian enough or if I say, hey, I've been st- I've been studying and researching Shintoism, the indigenous religion of Japan, people tell me that makes me a Satanist. So my point is people say all sorts of things, especially when you're a public voice, when you're out there on the radio or you go to conferences or you're an, an author, whatever the case is, you have a podcast, whatever. Uh, I've, I've heard you, Michael, referred to as a I just want to get your take on this, your opinion uh, a QAnon influencer. Uh, what does that mean? What is that? Uh, personally, I never bought into the QAnon situation. I always thought it was more of a psychological operation. I thought it was linked to maybe AI or quantum computers or David Petraeus uh, talking about using computers to feed the public information they want to hear. Uh, just in a, in, a, in a nutshell, that's what I thought. You've been called a QAnon influencer. I don't know if that means anything to you, but but can you speak to that uh, quickly? And then you have some open uh, floor to promote your books and whatnot. Yeah, uh, the Q and on um, our Q posts or whatever. Um, you know, I, I've seen those over time. I, I see I see some of that stuff is actually trying to inform. So there is a group I believe that are trying to pass intelligence to the average public um, for dissemination. Uh, but also see disinformation, fifth-generational warfare. Uh, disinformation is really hitting us from all sides. Uh, as we saw from uh, Nazi Germany back in um, World War II, uh, they used that very very effectively on the German people, uh, MK Ultra, the German people. That's not any kind of program that I'm about. As you can see, I'm, I'm talking love and joy and uh, using your God-given abilities and tapping into God. That's That's what I'm about. Now, just like I also talked about, there are groups that are coordinated to suppress this information to get out from the, to the general public. So if you're easily influenced by people that uh, just come in and just try to discredit you, because I've had, it, to me, it's like laughable, uh, but some people probably get hooked by it. A lot of people think that the QAnon is like, you know, they're, everything that comes from QAnon is, is basically, you know, coming from a source that, it's either linked to President Trump or to the White Hat military. I think there's a lot of uh, disinformation. I think they probably have, uh, you know, had some infiltration. Uh, some, yes, I look at everything. Uh, I like a lot of stuff that comes out of there. I think they're trying to inform humanity. Uh, but I think there's also uh, a lot of these groups have been infiltrated or uh, someone has come in and hijacked. So I don't take everything that they say, you know, uh, I take it with a grain of salt. I don't, uh, I'm not completely beholden their information. I'm not connected to them anyway. I'm not a Q and honor. Uh, I just trust my intuition, remote view, 
and uh, and use my military and uh, and CIA background to look at things from a different perspective and uh, and then gather information that way and inform humanity or whoever is open to listening uh, the best way that I can. Okay, and then maybe using that uh, that idea and that answer you just gave there very concisely to look at. I think it was last, forget the exact month that came out, but it was sometime last year, back in May, maybe there was this weird video that was published by the fourth psychological operations group. It was called ghosts in the machine. Do you know anything about that? Give us a quick overview. If you do know anything about that, the psychological warfare aspect, I thought it would be a good question to ask you. I, I might have seen that, but uh, I can't uh, definitively you know, speak on it, but uh, there is definitely a psychological operations that are going on. Uh, like I said, fifth generational warfare is kind of like the stuff that happened in Nazi Germany where uh, they came in and basically uh, MK Ultra, the, the German people, uh, they kept them pretty much in that state of consciousness and they carried out their operations. They used the German people to, to, to spin the war, use them as a basically a source for, uh, you know, uh, income and working in the factories and so forth. The German people all the way up until uh, the day before uh, the Allied forces came into Berlin were under the impression that everything was going good and uh, they were going to, uh, like there were sports matches that were coming up, they were being broadcast and everybody's going to go check them out and then the, the Allied forces came into Germany and it was liberated and people were, you know, dumbfounded. Uh, so I think that's that's what's happening uh, to a lot of people unfortunately right now. Uh, there's there's this disinformation, fifth generational uh uh, information, the generation of information that's coming in that's, you know, uh, misdirecting, uh, confusing people and causing a lot of uh, people to, to go in the wrong direction as far as like, you know, what they're looking at. Uh, we're, we're seeing it across the board. Or getting people to be happy with paying more for the cost of living, for example. I mean, there's always a breath to the economy. Things go up, things go down. But psychologically getting people to be like, well, I'd rather pay $5 a gallon for gas than have Trump in office. That, And I'm not even saying I'm a Trump supporter. I'm just saying the, the level of psychosis to be like, yeah, I'd rather pay more for living because I don't like some other political opinion or something to that effect. I mean, that's really psychological. Brain, it's brainwashing, I think, uh, on that on that same level. Anyway, Michael Jaco is our guest this evening. Michael, I wanted to give you about three and a half to four minutes here. You have your books and you're also going to be at, I almost forgot about it, you're going to be at the Sedona Ascension Retreat up in Sedona. Uh, we just had uh, Suzanne Ross on the show. I'm going to have Brad on the show this week. I might have my friend Karen Dahlman. All three of them are going to be at the event. Uh, you're going to be there if you want to give people an idea of what you're going to be talking about and any other specifics. you got about three and a half minutes. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. So the Sedona Ascension Retreat, I've done it. I did it last year. Uh, I, I was like, this, this is kind of a small event. Suzanne, you should definitely uh, go bigger, and she did. She's got a lot of a lot more people. Uh, it's at a bigger venue. Uh, it's it's going to be amazing. I've lived in Sedona. I I you know love the Red Rocks. I love the vortex energy that's there. Uh, I'm going to do a couple tours out to uh, Thunder Mountain. I have some background. I actually climbed Thunder Mountain and did a uh, like a vision quest on top of Thunder Mountain. Uh, so there's all kinds of things that you know I, I tend to share with the little. Uh, little events that I have going on that are going out there. One of them sold out, uh, but there's another one still available. So I'm also doing a, uh, a past life, uh, talk. I'm going to talk about a lifetime, uh, during the Jesus time frame and also, uh, the time frame of the Renaissance and how I feel that the current time frame we're in is Renaissance of consciousness. Uh, and 
So I talk on the stage uh, at, w- at one of the events, and I'm going to be uh, at another event with uh, George Norby. But the one that I talk on the stage is a lot of the stuff we've talked about uh, today, Ryan. I'm going to be talking about that in obviously a very succinct form because I only have an hour. But I, I plan to talk about how fear uh, can, you know, take your consciousness lower, love takes it higher, and then the, the aspects of joy. So it'll be the first time I bet I'm talking about the joy aspect. Uh, touched on a little bit here, but I go into uh, a deeper aspect uh, on the stage. And that conference is March 17th through the 19th. And for the record, they don't pay us to say that or to have anybody on the show to talk about it. I just happened to be talking to Brad Olson, a good friend of mine, and he had mentioned, hey, I'm going to be at this conference. Why don't you come up and say hi? Because I live relatively close to Sedona uh, in Arizona. And then I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll, maybe I will come up. And then I thought, well, let's interview some of the people because I got some connections here. And that's that's how we made it there. So I'm not being paid to say that, but uh, the the conference is March 17th through the 19th. Uh, the uh, Sedona Ascension Retreat. Michael Jaco will be there uh, at that event. And uh, last but not least, the book. I know we've mentioned it many many times tonight. The Intuitive Warrior came out about a decade or so ago, but I imagine it's still very very relevant. Let people know where they can get the book, Michael. Uh, they get the book on my website, michaeljjaco.com, or they can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all the the, the big bookstores. And I also, uh, years after that, I released a book called the, the awakening of a warrior. Uh, and that's also available, uh, through those book, book uh, venues as well. All right. And then one more thing. I always, it always bothers me when I hear a radio show and, uh, not that your name is hard, but when people don't like spell their name. So if people want to look you up, I know it's probably pretty simple for most, but can you please spell your name out so people can type it in uh, exactly as is and not have any issue finding you? How, how would they find you? Just, I guess, spell out your website for us, Michael uh, K. Jaco. Yeah. So it's uh, M-I-C-H-A-E-L and then K, my middle initial, Kenneth, uh, and Jaco, J-A-C-O. So a lot of people think it's, Jacob, because there's a lot of Jacobs out there. It's like, no, it's just Jacob, J-A-C-O. Just Jacob. So if Google tries to, or any of your search engines try to correct you, you you're actually correct. Uh, uh, Google's wrong. It's J-A-C-O, J-A-C-O. I'm Ryan Gable. This right. is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much, Michael, for having uh, the time to come on the show, to stay a little later, and we will see you up in Sedona in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. I look forward to meeting you. Yeah, I look forward to meeting you, too. We'll talk then, and uh, we'll definitely do some more radio in the future. Be really fun. Sounds great. Sounds great. Thanks. All right. As I said, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. There's also tstradio at protonmail.com. We don't really use social media, but we do have accounts that we post our shows, uh, show promos on tst underscore underscore radio for Twitter and facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings is our Facebook page, and you can find my page, Ryan Gable. Uh, It's linked to the Secret Teachings page. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. I also have some books. You can get all of those books on our website, physical or digital. If you buy a physical, you get a digital copy as well. And those books, the digital ones, you get for free when you subscribe to the show. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. If you're not, check out the website and... For new subscribers, it's aftermath.media. That's where all of the uh, new subscribers should go because we are working with Aftermath officially as of March 1st this year, 2023. And uh, we're really, really excited because of all of the uh, interconnectedness between uh, the secret teachings and what Aftermath has going on, uh, particularly with uh, Clyde's Ground Zero. 
Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. I hope to see some of you up in Sedona this this weekend, uh, coming up really quickly. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Have a wonderful evening, morning, night, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world.